Hello, everyone. Thank you for checking out this special episode of Really Dicey. This is Manny, and I'm here with... Jim Johnson. I am the project manager and line editor for the Star Trek Adventures role-playing game published by Manifius Entertainment. Manny, thank you so much for having me on the show again. So today we're going to talk about Star Trek Adventures, Utopia Planitia, a Starfleet source book. Now, I, has there ever been... Well, I guess we should say talk first about what exactly is this book. It's de very different very different from what's been put out so far. Mm -hmm. Am I am I correct or? Yeah, yeah, this is uh, this is the this is the um the big starships book that we've been wanting to do for a long time now, right? The game's been out for 6 6 years now, heading into year 6, someone thought something like that. Uh, I feel like I've been working on it forever, but uh, which is a good thing. A, a good forever, not a bad forever. Uh but we've uh, we've not really done a starships book yet. We had a lot of space frames in the command source book and then we did Klingon ships in the uh in the Klingon uh, core rule book. And then uh, it wasn't until the discovery book that came out earlier this year that we added more space frames to the, uh, to the game, just to give uh, players and game masters more stuff to play with. And uh, we knew we were going to follow that up with the, the, the big old uh, Utopia Planitia book, which is uh, all start, you know, all Starfleet all the time, a whole bunch of new space frames, a whole bunch of revisions to existing space frames. Uh, so this is really um uh, an all-in-one package for everything starships i know there's a huge number of fans that are big about starships really love their starships uh so this is this is the book this is probably uh you know in addition to just having lots of starships this is probably the crunchiest book we've done just in terms of uh you know talents weapons starship frames space frames you know just meaty crunchy stuff to add to your game um and it's it's a lot <laughs> i mean it's a 200 and 56 pages so it's a, it's a behemoth of a book and uh i'm just i'm super excited to have it ready to uh go to the printer and then uh yeah of course this will this episode will air probably what mid-september so uh, it'll be at the printer and probably on the way to the uk here pretty you know shortly thereafter uh, and then of course we'll get on the slow boat to the uh to the states but uh, yeah just super excited to put this book together uh, i've been wanting to do this for a long long time and uh, i know a uh, long time star trek adventures writer aaron Alea has also wanted to do a Starships book for a while, so we just uh, we were able to make it work, you know, in the schedule. I'm really excited about so, about this book because it's it's something about Star Trek ships. Just recently, um, uh, a lot of friends and myself have been trying to actually find old like technical books about mm -hmm. it, and which I find it's interesting because there's there's so many of them out there. Not too many sci-fi genres out there have books and books about technical aspects of ships and i think something about the design of from from the original till now uh still captures our imagination we want to know what's in there how how are the rooms situated how do the the decks sit, uh put together uh what what is what is where exactly if i may ask was that sort of the the uh, where the idea for this sort of came from is it was there a discussion like there's been a lot of talk about getting more ships out there mm -hmm. and creating your own ships uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. I, we, I, I knew that, uh, you know, even early on when I was working on the game, just as a writer and an editor, I knew that the fan base wanted more ships. And, you know, of course, as a Star Trek gamer myself, for years and years, I always wanted more ships, too. And uh, I think it, it was clear that there was always a demand for it. And, you know, at this point, you know, Star Trek is 55, 56 years old. And there's so many novels and comic books and, and other, other RPGs and stuff that there is a, just a wealth of space frames out there. And, and start types of starships in the in the beta canon, right? Not in not in the main canon itself, but in the beta canon. Of course, you got uh, you know Star Trek Online as well, it just has a wealth of new ships in the game, and uh, and uh, a lot of fans want that stuff in Star Trek Adventures, right? They wanted to be able to play those 
those secondary cannon uh, ships in the game. And it's like, well, we can only do so much, right? We can, we can kind of skirt it a little bit. We can occasionally drop in one like the Luna class uh, and uh, in the Archer class. We got the Archer class into the, into the Tricorder set. Uh, but we had to be kind of careful because, like, uh, you know, we don't have the ability to include any of the old FASA ships, uh, even though they were amazing. And th those are what I grew up on, right? I, was, I, I remember fondly flipping through the uh, Starship Recognition Manuals, the Klingon, Romulan, and Federation ones that FASA put out ages ago, right? It was just, like, more ships, more cool stuff. And uh, um, I, I knew that we wanted to do a book like that for, um, for Star Trek Adventures and then just, you know, through the process, you know, figured out what it was going to look like. Um, but yeah, we, we, we knew fairly early on that we wanted to do this book and that there was fan demand for it. Uh, so we made sure to get it on the schedule, you know, when we could, when it, when it made sense to, to fit it in and, uh, gosh, we got lucky with the timing. I'll tell you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and I, I say that because, um, uh, you, and, uh, we've been building a relationship with the folks at Star Trek online, especially Thomas Maroney, the, uh, the, the associate art director over there. And, uh, over the years of our products, we've been able to drop in like, um, like one ship, and we use some of their artwork, and we were able to do like giveaways, like where if you buy this the Star Trek Adventures book, you get a free download code for a Star Trek online ship. So we've had that kind of relationship going, and then we've gradually kind of increased that. And uh, and Thomas was super generous with his time and and his assets uh, to where he was able to provide us a bunch of artwork for the Discovery book, uh, including a lot of the Starship art and the Dot Seven and a couple other bits and pieces. Uh, and I was like, wow, we can really take this, to, you know, he and I talked about it. We said, you know, we could really take this to the next level for the Starships book. And uh, and he was a huge, huge asset for us on the Star Trek, on the Utopia Planitia book. Um, and he wrote the forward for us, which I thought was, uh, you know, really, really great of him to do that. And uh, provided a ton of art. He even wrote up a bunch of the Star Trek online ships uh, for us. And the, the reason I was saying that it's just great timing is that uh, as we were wrapping up the development of the manuscript, uh, we found out that a, um, a bunch of Star Trek online ships were going to be canonized in the first episode of, uh, or in, you know, in Star Trek uh, Picard season season two, uh, in the first episode, and then I think some of the later episodes. And that was just super exciting, right? To, to know that Thomas's work was going to be actually on the on the big screen, as it were. <laughs> mm. and, and then and then and then I realized, oh shoot, we're going to have some of those ships in our book too. This is super cool. Uh, so we we just got really excited, and you know, I, I told Thomas, I, I admit that we're kind of riding on his coattails a little bit because we're just taking advantage of of all that wealth of material that he has and he's you know super generous about it anyway so uh, i think we're really fortunate because this is giving us an opportunity to uh to get the to get star trek adventures in front of an audience who who may have been familiar with it but maybe not have played it like the star trek online gamers game game fan base is huge and they're super passionate about their starships and they're super passionate about their game and, uh, you know, if we can just get a little bit of crossover uh, to that and kind of like blend Star Trek Adventures and Star Trek Online together, uh, I think that's going to be a win for everybody. And I, I know that Paramount is super excited when their licensees work with each other. Right. So we've, we've, we've worked with Eagle Moss and we've worked with Star Trek Timelines and we've worked with Star Trek Online. And they just love seeing it because they don't have to ask us, you know, please go work with your other licensees. We just do it ourselves because we know each other on you know social media and the and the boards and stuff. So it's just. It, it, fortuitous timing for this book. We just we got blessed and we got lucky. I think just the way the timing worked out on it. Mm. You, you sort of answered this already, but uh, but uh, part of it at least already. Um, mm. How far in the lore uh, do you or or the ships presented in this book? Are they like like do you go all the way back from to the original series? Do you go? Uh, it looks like definitely Picard and Star Trek Online. Mm. Uh, it, did you? Is it like all everything that you can? 
Yeah, well, we uh, I, I originally had outlined the book to cover everything, everything Starfleet from the very, very beginning, uh, pre-Enterprise, all the way out to the 32nd century. And just in the process of working the outline and putting together the list of ships that we wanted to include, there was just so much. Um, I realized that there, there was no way in in the world I would ever be able to do a 500-page Starship book, even though I know a lot of people would buy it and they would be happy to have this gigantic, massive tome. I was like, there's just no way I can do that. So I, I decided to cut the 32nd century completely. Uh, you know, the, the Discovery uh, Season 3, Season 4 stuff. We'll save that for hopefully, uh, hopefully save that for another book if we can get it on the schedule. Um, but so this, the Utopia Planitia covers everything Starfleet um, prior to Enterprise all the way up to the very early 25th century. So this is like 2410 thereabouts. So it includes Star Trek Picard. And then it also includes a few a few ships from Star Trek uh, Online because I think their timeline is actually a little bit ahead of Picard. Uh, mm -hmm. So we were able to kind of get a little blend there. But uh, you'll, you'll see stuff in there uh, even prior to the Phoenix, right? Prior to Cochrane's Phoenix. Because uh, we were able to fit in the space shuttle, and we were able to fit in the uh, International Space Station, right? So we found a way to make those work because you know, a their 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 you know canonical history to Star Trek to the to the Star Trek universe, um, but also they're good examples of things that your crew might run into if you discover like a pre warp civilization or a civilization that's just like right on the edge of getting into uh, warp technology. They might have a space station. They might have an or orbiter type of vehicle. And uh, we were like, you know, why not throw them in, right? Because you know, besides one of the one of the short shuttle orbiters was uh, was named Enterprise after Star Trek, right? So it's kind of like like closing that loop a little bit. Like we 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 brought it full circle in a way to have the Enterprise uh, <laughs> orbiter in the in the book itself. But yeah, so every, everything starships, everything Starfleet from like you know, 20, you know well, I guess the orbiters uh, early eighties, right? So nineteen eighty all the way up to twenty four ten is is the range that we're working with for this book. Mm. So I know when we talked about your previous books, we always we always discuss about the the struggle of, of all this because all this written content you have and the art. Mm -hmm. um, and now being this is a starship book, I'm assuming art has to be very prominent. Yeah. Uh, was was that was that difficult to kind of with layout? Was it uh, the balance of art and all the mm -hmm. written content that is in the book? Yeah. Uh, so this this was the. Uh... Uh, I, I think I may have talked about it in a couple of previous discussions with you um, about some of the other books, but like one of my struggles working on all, I mean, really all the books up to, up to this point uh, was, was, was what exactly what you're saying, that balance point between artwork and, and text, because, you know, every book has an art budget and we can only have so many pieces of art in a book. And uh, you know, with the command source book, uh, it was just, it was just impossible to include a piece of art for every single space frame that we included in there. I really wanted to, but we just, we didn't have the, the, the page real estate. And, but more importantly at the time, we didn't have the budget to, to make, you know, to get pieces, pieces of art for everything. Uh, you know, at the time we had access to uh, Paramount's art archive, which was uh, very good, but just wasn't enough for our purposes, right. For, for a role playing game book, you know, full color, you need a lot of artwork. And I think um, I think you know maybe three years into the into the game line, we had almost exhausted all the really usable stuff that was in their archive at the time, and and plus we had you know the, the art that we were commissioning, so we were challenged a little bit, um, and I think that's part of the reason why I'm so excited that we were able to work up a really great partnership with uh, Star Trek Online because they've got they've got great artwork for days, and uh, and you see that in the Discovery book, and you're going to see that in the Utopia Planitia book too. Because uh, one of my one of my primary uh, design goals for this book was to make sure that we had 
a piece of art for every single space frame in it so that a, a, a gamer wasn't going to be upset and have to go to the internet to find out what this ship looks like, right? There's actually a picture right there on every page. Um, and I think I also mentioned at one point, Manny, that um, I was always fighting to try to get one starship on a page, like in the command book. I always wanted starship art, starship art, starship art, you know, and have one, one ship per page, as opposed to having the columns of text kind of flowing together and just kind of like having the starships kind of crammed together. So um, right from the very beginning, right from the design outline for this book, I was in really, really super intentional about wanting to have, you know, well, I, yeah, well, one page per art. Now, what happened, though, is in the discovery book, I wanted to do one page per ship, you know, including art and text. And, and I, I, will, I was able to get that done, right? I, I was able to finally convince the, the graphic designer, let's do it this way because I think it's going to make the best sense. It's going to look good. It's going to make the fans happy because they can look at one, one page, one ship, et cetera. Um, but for the Utopia book, we took it a step further because what I wanted to do is I wanted to have the lore. I wanted to have the great information in there. I wanted to provide a, a space frame stat block so that it's kind of like the, you know, the stock model that a player or game master group could, could take that stock model and then add the talents and add the other um, material to it and make it their own. And then I wanted to have a representative version of each space frame so that, you know, if you're looking at the galaxy class, you're looking at the enterprise D you're looking at the sovereign, you're looking at the enterprise. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that there was a, a representative ship for each class and as well as the artwork. And uh, the the most intelligent way just in terms of the layout to make that happen was to do a two-page spread for each ship. And the uh, best part of the reason why the page count is as high as it is is because we managed to, to cram in 55 space frames uh, in addition to a bunch of uh, space stations and small craft. And when you're doing 55 space frames and they, each of them take up two pages, I mean, that's 110 pages right there, right? Plus yeah. all the other content that we wanted to add into the book. Um, so, uh, yeah, absolutely. I was very, very intentional about wanting to get as much art into the book as possible tied into the into the stat blocks and stuff so that every single ship was represented. And uh, that was that was the intent. And uh, it went really well. The, the biggest challenge I had in doing that, though, was um, sourcing enough good art. Like, and not, not good as in like good quality, but like actually just finding enough art that we could use that um, was, uh, you know, print quality and uh, and actually, you know, had the right kind of angle and the, the right kind of look and feel that so that it wasn't super jarring, right? Uh, there were a handful that that took a long time to find, and uh, there were a couple that were literally last minute um, discoveries, either uh, from uh, uh, Thomas helping us out or um, you know dropping us a name, and then me doing it in an eleventh hour email to a couple people saying, "Hey, I need a render for this ship." Do you possibly have something, you know, in in stock, you know, so to speak, or that you can pull together pretty quick? And uh, again, we got lucky because uh, some of the folks who uh, provided the renders for us were, you know, absolutely on top of their game and were able to deliver quickly. And we got it approved by Paramount really quick, which is great. Uh, so we were able to, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that uh, we got it done because uh, there's a couple of places where I was like, oh, okay, if we don't find a render for this in time, we're just going to put like a like a like a picture of the Utopia Planitia, you know, badge or something, just just to fill the space. Uh, we had to do that with one ship in the Discovery book, and it hurt my heart every time I looked at that page because it's like, oh, if we'd only had a few more weeks, we could have found a render for that. Uh, <laughs> but you know, didn't work out. But you know, fortunately, uh, the stars aligned, as it were, and we found uh, we found or were able to 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 pay for renders for literally everything in the book. So uh, that or all the space frames anyway. I think some of the shuttles we didn't include art for the shuttles just because of. Um, page space issues but uh, uh i thought this you know the space frames the start you know the, the shape the spaceship classes were the most important 
aspect of it. And I, I made sure to get a piece of art for every one of them. So that was a uh, mission accomplished. So hopefully the fans are happy. So, so far the, the fan buzz is good. So uh, I'm glad that we were able to make it happen. Hmm. Are there any new rules uh, added to the book? Um, whether it be piloting or anything of that sort? Yeah, so uh, like actual rules, um, not as such, um, although we did add a ton of new talents uh, because we took the advantage of the fact that uh, because we are adding Star Trek Online ships, um, Al Spader took it upon himself to really do a deep dive into Star Trek Online and to like learn how their ships are built and like what kind of talents or not talents, I guess they're called special abilities or something. Because all, all the different spaceships in Star Trek Online, of course, have special abilities, have special weapons, have special cool things that you can do in the game with them that um, in some cases translated well to Star Trek Online or to Star Trek Adventures, uh, and in some cases didn't. But uh, Al took it upon himself to like really go through a lot of the starships that are available and come up with uh, you know gameable rules for Star Trek Adventures to bring in some really, really cool, crazy talents that uh, you haven't seen before because we haven't really delved into the 25th century yet in the game. But now this is an opportunity to do that. So we, we were able to add some really cool new talents, uh, a bunch of new weapons, uh, new uh, new torpedoes, new uh, um, um, uh, energy weapons, more more mines. Um, there's a lot of optional rules built into it. Uh, we took it took the opportunity to uh, to add some content about Starfleet and about Starfleet operations that maybe you haven't read before, like stuff about like salvage and retrieval operations, where if you're playing like a deep space type of campaign and your ship is out there in the middle of nowhere exploring you know strange new worlds but you don't have access to a Federation star base or a dry dock or anything. You've got to, re- you got to figure out the repairs on your own. There's a very good chance that you need to find, you need to go out and find the raw materials in order to synthesize, you know, pole plating or, or networks or, you know, ODN conduits or something. And so we, we added in some, uh, some rules about, uh, you know, how to do that. <laughs> Cause uh, why not? Right. Because you know, the great thing about a role-playing game, of course, is um, we go or, you know, player groups, can go places that this that the shows don't, right? You you may mm-hmm. get into situations that that the that the different series may never you know thought to come up with because they they don't need that kind of detail. But you know, we we you know we I challenge my writers to to you know ask questions, think about the consequences. You're you're on a like I was saying, you're on a deep space mission, you don't have access to Starfleet, you don't have access to the resources you expect. You might have a couple industrial replicators on your ship, but where do you get that raw material, right? You can't just create material out of nothing. You've got to have raw material to put into it. So, uh, you know, do we have mining rules or not rules, but, you know, do we have ideas about mining? What happens if ships come across a derelict and you need to do some salvage operations? What does that mean? Uh, so we just you know, threw in a bunch of these rules that uh, um, I, I don't think fans really expected to see in the book, but I'm, I'm kind of excited about that because it's just, uh, you know, ultimately my philosophy has always been to throw more tools into the game master's toolbox, into the player's toolbox. Like here's here's some cool ideas, here's some cool stuff, here's some optional rules. You know, make of it what you want, and uh, and you know, combine this book with other books and uh, see where that takes your game. And uh, and that was really the intent behind all those optional rules that we threw in there as well. Uh, so there's just a, I mean, I tell you, every page. Um, I, again, I also challenge my writers to uh, you know try to put plot hooks and plot ideas and encounter seeds on every page if you can, even within the sentences. Just you know, give the players and the game masters cool ideas to to do stuff with, and uh, I think they delivered. And uh, hopefully, fans will dig it. I mean, it's it's only been on pre order for what a week now, and uh, I, I, I I'm confident nobody has completely completely absorbed the book yet because there's just so much 
in there. So uh, I'm eager to see what happens on social media here in the coming months, just as people continue to talk about it. Hmm. Are there any rules about customization of some of of some sort you know as you know most starts well not most star trek episodes some star trek episodes sometimes it has you know something that new technology has to be made to help save the ship in some way yeah. uh is there anything like that in the new book um so actually you reminded me that there there is a new set of rules <laughs> in the in the book and that's specifically on on creating starships right uh so um one of the things i really appreciated about uh Gosh, what what? And I'm looking at my bookshelf. I'm not ignoring you. I'm looking at my bookshelf, mm-hmm. trying to remember in my head. Um, I think it was the last unicorn, the last unicorn games Star Trek RPG that came out. You know, back in the in the late '90s, early aughts. Um, uh, Steve Long wrote a a book called Space Stock, and I don't think it was it was ever published. Um, but I think it was a book that they had intended to publish, but the you know they 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 didn't continue the line after that point. But that was basically a, a starship construction kit, right? And the PDF is available for free online. You can just go download it whenever you want. It's on his website. Um, it's no secret. And he's got a bunch of supplements uh, to it, too. But uh, I, I had hoped for this book that we could come up with some sort of way to codify the way we build starships in uh, Star Trek Adventures and then present those rules to, to players and game masters so that they could go make their own space frames, right? Knowing that, uh, you know, earlier we were talking about all the different spaceships that are out there that are secondary canon, right, that you may have seen in a comic book or Star Trek Online or a novel, or, you know, any other resource that's not Star Trek Adventures. There's just tons of Star Trek spaceships out there, right, that you can that you can choose from. And uh, my thought was, uh, you know, if you can't, if, if we can't include that space frame in the book, we can provide you with a set of rules that you can go build your own, right? Here's how, here's how the points work out. Here's how the system points work out. Here's some guidelines on, uh, you know, adding talents, adding special rules, uh, picking a faster-than-light propulsion system, et cetera. And then, uh, and then just, you know, kind of making that construction kit available in, you know, a limited number of pages because we only had so many pages to work with. And uh, I think um, Aaron, uh, again, uh, you know, took, took his, his handwritten notes, basically, of how he built Starships for all the different books that we've done and then codified it in such a way that makes it easy to digest so that, uh, you know, if you're a player and you love, um, oh, I, don't, I don't even have a good example, I, I guess Prodigy, right, because we don't have the license to Prodigy. If you wanted to build a prodigy for Star Trek Adventures, use the toolkit uh, in the book. You've got all the talents in the book. You've got all the weapons. You know everything you need is in the book. Um, I think everything important about Starships is that we reprinted in this book and, and, and tweaked and revised. So you, I mean, you still need the core book to play the game, of course. But I don't think you really need the core book in order to build a ship. I think everything's in Utopia Planitia. Uh, I, don't quote me on that wrong though, because I, I might have I might have missed something, or we might have missed something. But I think everything you need to, to build a new starship for the game can be found all within the covers of Utopia Planitia. I'm pretty sure that's how we worked it out, uh, and that's true for starships, small craft, and um, uh, space stations. So any of that stuff that you want to build and create your own kind of thing, all the rules are there. All the talents, all the mission profiles, uh, weapons, etc. So. Um, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> and again, this is a place where I, I can't wait to see what the fans come up with because I know they're so creative and passionate about their Star Trek that I, I'm really eager to see what kind of interesting space spaceships and space uh, space frames come out of this. Hmm. Is there anything about this book that I haven't asked about that that's added in something that um, uh, I may be surprised when I opened this? Uh, gosh, you, you're, <laughs> you're testing me. Uh, see, there's, there's a good uh, history of Starfleet at the very beginning. I had John Kennedy write that. And mm-hmm. uh, I think in like 10 to 12 pages or something, he managed to con- condense 
you know, five centuries of Starfleet into, into, into five pages. Um, I, I felt bad because I had to cut a bunch of his stuff because I, he had actually written that chapter initially to go all the way out to the 32nd century. And the 32nd century stuff he wrote was really good. And uh, I had to cut all of it because we decided to push, pull back the, the scope of the book. But uh, I saved all of it. Right? We're, 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 if we have the opportunity to do a Discovery future book, um, it'll, it'll find its way into that. Um, but as far as surprises, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in the book about like life in Starfleet and like things you do on the ship. Like, uh, you know, what do you do in your off time on the ship? What kind of duties are, can you be expected to do? We added a lot of random tables. So like if you need some ideas, you can roll on a table like, you know, maybe your group or your player character goes into the into the rec room or the gym to get a little downtime. Or maybe there's a scene, there's a role playing scene that you want to do with another character. Or you want to give the game master an opportunity to to, to drop in some uh, some subplots or something, you know? Oh, you walk into the gym and you know a group of people are are doing a certain martial art. Well, roll on, roll on the random martial art table just to see what what are they doing? Is, is it ambo jitsu or is it uh, you know uh, kung fu or aikido or is it something else? Uh, and we we tried to pack those tables with as much uh, you know Star Trek canonical stuff, so that's not just you know you know real life twenty first century type stuff. It's it's stuff that you've seen in Star Trek. Uh, even you know, like some of the board games that they can play, or not board games, but you know, different games that they play in the rec room. Um, we've got the usual array of uh, mission briefs. Uh, mission briefs have turned out to be a, a popular um, uh, format, so we, we were able to cram a few of those in. Uh, again, a lot of art. But as far as surprises, I think I guess if anything's going to be a surprise, it's just going to be the wealth of content that's mm -hmm. available to you. I mean, I, I almost feel like it's the Shackleton book over again, where we we put so much time and effort into it. And then we just drop this gigantic tome on you and say, okay, here you go. Here's a, here's, you know, another 250 pages of, uh, of cool content. Go, go, go have fun, you know, make your, make your campaign and your game sessions amazing with the, with this more, with this new stuff, right. All, all this new stuff. And, uh, um, we'll see, but yeah, I, I I'm, ch you're challenging me, Manny, because I'm like, what, what, <laughs> what's in the book that would really surprise you? And, uh, I don't know. It may be because I'm still too close to it. Cause I've been working on this book now for, what eight nine nine months ten months or something mm -hmm. maybe longer than that really if you think about the the whole pre-development um thought processes um well well I, well I am surprised about the um about life on a ship because uh, i don't think a lot of us really think about that when we're role-playing yeah. usually we just think about one of the technical aspects you know like you know, mm -hmm. exploration and, and stuff like that but not like life on the ship you know like those those like that five minute intro of star trek next generation where you're just talking and something a little bit random and some, some part of a uh, slice of life on yeah. the ship and then straight to the adventure so mm -hmm. that that's actually pretty cool because that's something that again, once in a while, our, our players think like, okay, what do we do between <laughs> the dangers? We got to do something else besides just being right. on red alert all the time. Yeah. Um, I have one more question for you. Sure. All right. What is your favorite ship that that you, that you worked on in this book? Was there anything like, well, oh, I'm so glad that this is in it, so that you can use it for your adventures? Oh man, that's that's a tough question. I, I'm not going to say it's like you know trying to choose your favorite kid <laughs> if you have a bunch of children, but. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's so many spaceships in, in Star Trek that I love, like I mean, even from the original Constitution class Enterprise all the way up to um, up to the, you know, like the, the Defiant and the Sovereign class and stuff. But I think I think honestly, the, the ship that I'm, I'm really happy we got in uh, is the Archer class. Like I, I read the Vanguard novels by uh, David Mack and uh, Dayton Ward, and I just love the idea of a, of a little fast scout ship in the original series era. 
I mean, partly because the original series, like, there's not really that many canonical ships to, to work from, right? In terms of, like, you know, Starfleet ships that are out doing the, doing the exploration thing. Of course, the, the Constitution class is the, is the big example because it's so well-known, obviously. But I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to have, like, a smaller ship that's fast and light, not heavily armed, but can do, like, the scouting thing. And it's a small crew. You can get really into some really cool role-playing type of stuff. So um, I wrote up the, the Archer for the, for the Tricorder. Um, set and then we were able to fit it into this one and uh, Aaron helped me tweak uh, some of the stats to make them fit with the new uh, the new rule system uh, but I was really happy that we were able to get um, uh, Bill Prouse to uh, to do a render of it for us because uh, I, I would not have included it if I couldn't have gotten artwork for it and there's not a lot of uh, like official artwork for it I think there, it, it was on a cover it was on one of the Vanguard cover book covers and we didn't have the we didn't have access to that one and so just you know through Thomas and his connects with all the great people that are out there doing CGI renders uh, of absolutely beautiful starship ships. I was like, Hey, Bill, <laughs> do, you, do you have an Archer render available? And he was like, well, I can, I can whip one up. And uh, so he helped us out. You know, I, that was one of the last minute uh, renders that we were able to, to source, which was, which was a huge godsend. Um, so I think the Archer is probably my favorite, if only because I've got this idea of a campaign on an Archer class ship, very small crew, very small number of players. And then just, you know, out there on the edge, exploring space, um, and and not in a position where it's not a galaxy class ship and it's not a constitution class ship. They have limited resources, limited weapons, li limited means of defending themselves. So if they get into a situation against like a, you know a Klingon or a Romulan uh, D seven or some big alien threat, it's like they're not going to try to go toe to toe with it. They're going to gather what information they can and then get out of town and go find their uh, go find their constitution class. You know. Uh, uh, stepbrother or whatever, or, 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 you know, high back to, uh, to, to Federation territory to try to, to report in. So I just, I just like the, the different dynamic of that story idea. And that's what, that's what the, uh, the Archer really appeals to me in that, in that case. All right. Excellent. So this is right now available for pre-order. Yep. Um, does the pre-order come with the uh, PDF? Absolutely. Yeah. We, we decided to hold off on the pre-order a, a little bit because I wanted to get the PDF ready to, I wanted to have the, the fans to have something in their hands as soon as they pre-ordered it. Uh, so we waited a little bit on the pre-order. Uh, but yeah, if you pre-order it now, you get the PDF uh, uh, just as part of the pre-order deal. The books will ship uh, as soon as they're out, you know, wait, done from the printer and stuff. Um, but yeah, we, we always try to include the PDF with a pre-order just as a thank you for pre-ordering it because that, that helps in a lot of different ways. Uh, and then, of course, the PDF itself will be available for sale once the print editions start to uh, start to ship. Mm. Excellent, excellent. Very excited about this book. Uh, yeah, Jim, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about this. Um, and to our viewers out there, uh, would you be kind enough to share with us your favorite uh, starship in the comments below? I would love to hear some some uh, ideas and inspirations. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, thank you all very much. Have a great day and be safe out there.